This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Tom Willis. When it comes to marketing, Tom is an absolute legend. Apart from founding Marketing Trends, an agency that specializes in keeping the industry informed on the latest fads, he's also spent most of the past decade helping upskill Australian marketers and business owners on digital marketing as a lecturer at General Assembly. Along the way, he's also had time to co-found LawPath, where he spends his day-to-day as its Chief Marketing Officer. He joined us on Flying Solo today to share some of his secrets to successful digital marketing. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sess. Now, um, you're a co-founder of LawPath, which is um, an Aussie startup that helps business with their legals, but we're not going to be talking about that today because you're a chief marketing officer and I think it's safe to say that marketing is a real passion for you and you've worked in it across, you know, e-commerce brands, B2B, you even did a bit of a stint with gaming and what I want to know is what is it that you love so much about marketing, digital marketing specifically? Yeah, I... I guess the my passion for digital marketing really we grew out of it finding that beautiful cross section between the the subjective and the objective um, and I I had always been a person that uh, thought that the way that I would go in my career would very much be geared towards uh, I suppose you know the traditional advertising path and you know that was what I studied at university and and when I was actually getting into my studies I I, I found myself in this really, you know, funny position where I, I, I wasn't completely motivated by the idea of us all really working off of whims and, and, and opinions. And, you know, we all had our, our own idea when we were doing a, a, a class project of what the slogan should be and what the brief should be. And, you know, we didn't have really any kind of way of being able to validate that out. And then my, my first real venture into digital marketing was with, um, uh, an Australian startup called called Spreets, which um, was was founded in 2009, and uh, I was still in university at the time, and uh, had found myself in a part time position there, which was basically Spreets was uh, a, a, a one of the first group buying companies, and and the first in Australia, so very similar to what you know of your Groupons and and Living Socials and the like of today. And um, Spreets went through just this this absolute, you know rocket fueled growth of, of going from really being an unknown business to, to um, exiting and being acquired by Yahoo 7 in, in the space of 11 months. Um, so it was a, and, and it was a $40 million uh, acquisition, I should note as well. So it was a, it was a big piece and an amazing one to be a part of. And this just opened my ideas to this whole beautiful cross section of where we could be creative. We could we could use um, we, we we could use different types of you know 
trialing different messaging, trialing different uh, campaign creatives and imagery and whatnot, but then also being able to really back up everything that we were doing with data and numbers. And so, you know, I, I loved finding that, that beautiful cross section between those two. And then that became for me really uh, in a lot of respects, I said, this is, this is where I'm at. This is, this is what I wanted to do. And the more I entered into the space of, of online marketing was the, the, the more I just, you know, found myself immersed in all of the different disciplines and, you know, covered off in different careers, looking at things around or different jobs, looking at things like, you know, email marketing all the way through to search marketing, content marketing, and, you know, absolutely loving that ability to, to say, well, let, let's try something here and then let's be able to actually back up and say that has worked. And then also leveraging that data to then, to then make further assumptions. And that's, that's really been everything that I've wanted to do. And it's become to a point where it's, you know, as, as sad as this might sound, that's, that's probably my favorite hobby as well. Like it's something that I just, I'll spend my time on weekends and evenings looking at different ways of being able to, you know, discover how, how digital marketing can be used to, to grow businesses across all of the different disciplines. So yeah, I think, I think in a lot of respects there, I found my calling. <laughs> it certainly sounds like you have, like that was a very simple question and you, you love marketing. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm a small business owner and, you know, my idea of marketing is a mail drop or I've got great word of mouth and it's getting me new customers and repeat customers. So I've been doing okay. Why do I need to embrace digital marketing? Yeah, that's that, that's a question um, uh, that I get quite a bit and it's, it's, it's an interesting one to delve into because um, a lot of the times that the traditional marketing tactics that you're using, a lot of Digital marketing agencies and whatnot, they'll say, throw it out. You're doing things old school. It's, 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 it's not the way they're going about things. But, you know, there is a reason that you've, you've used those specific tactics across your business. And, and, and by no means should they be something that you, that you look to abandon. But it, it is also then considering where your customers are and, and the behaviors of your customers and then being able to find an intersection between what they are, are looking for and then additionally the behaviors they're taking to find those those different you know products and services and so you know for for a lot of of businesses um where they're typically finding um a, a lot of the, these customers these days is through all of the different ways that they're just conducting their online behaviors you know whether that's through conducting searches on their mobile devices through through browsing news feeds through you know, being able to do things like checking their emails and looking through their messages. And so it's really looking to put ourselves in, in front of those ideal customers for us to, to then really be able to make sure that we're being noticed and that, that we're creating something that piques interest and ultimately, ultimately leaves for them to actually become part, you know, of, of your, your overall, uh, your, your buying journey. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, um, interesting place that you know trying to find where businesses should be looking to start in these spaces is is interesting because you know uh, a lot of the time there's not as proven a path to where a business should start as one would think you know um, a lot of the time a business might just say well I want to go into digital marketing and they say well you know basically my, my, my only option there is to, to jump into doing something as an example, like doing Google ads and saying, all I can do is Google ads. And if Google ads 
don't work on my business, then digital marketing is not going to work on my business. And it's, you know, in the same respects of all of your, your, your different traditional channels, that's, that's not, not the case. It, it really comes down to what is the, the intent that you're really looking to tap into from your user? What is your ideal, you know, customer audience and, and, and also where are they looking and, um, you know, why you're seeing a lot more businesses start to gravitate towards, you know, digital marketing, not just small businesses, but obviously larger corporations as well as the fact that, you know, they're able to measure every part of, of what's going on. So they, they've got a clear understanding of I'm spending X amount of dollars, I'm, re, I'm achieving my results. And then, you know, I, I can really look to allocate more, more budget to this to be able to then maximize the results. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's really interesting to seeing a lot more businesses move into that space. And there's just such a, a plethora of, of different disciplines, considerations, tactics, budgets that come into every area of digital marketing and um yeah really looking to 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 explore those with with your listeners as well now what about a website because there were some interesting stats that came out uh, about a week or so ago that said that still um one in three business owners small business owners that is don't have a website now should everybody be getting themselves online and getting a website these days yeah, I mean, I would say from from my opinion, it's it's an absolute key first step that that you would look to do. And and the idea of the website is it it, it really becomes your digital footprint. It's your it's your ability to then be able to have people to be able to visit you. You've got complete autonomy on what you show across your website. So you know the the, the ability to craft the copy in the way that you want to to be perceived. You've got you know all of the different information that you're wanting to collect on, on your target customer, you have the ability to, to, to do this as well. And so, and also, you know, you've got the ability to sell online a lot of the time, if that's what, what you're looking to do. And if that, if that's, you know, the way, if you're selling products or, you know, you might even sell services that can be, you know, um, put online and sold as well. So it's, it's, it's a really ideal, um, uh, situation for a business to be in is to have is to have that website um, readily available to them. And the barriers for entry now in in, in actually creating that website are, are are so so small. There's 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 a ton of opportunities out there. Um, so it, it it is for I think a lot of businesses it's an absolute it, it, it's a must have for, for, for today's business and anything that you're looking to do in the digital space that that the absolute you know the first key real you know cornerstone for anything that you're doing there is is having that website that's where everything's going to be built upon Hmm. so I've I've built my snazzy website now how do I get people to see it because just because it's been built doesn't mean anyone's going to come and visit it how yeah how important is things like SEO to get in your website visible yeah it's it's a great question and and one of the things that um a, a lot of businesses when they're when they're first starting out you know they'll create the website and they'll think that that's basically that's the end of it that's that's all that's required to do and you know if you, if you think about you know in today's world we're at a point now where you know we've got in excess of one billion websites across the world wide web and uh, you know, you can go to websites like Internet Live Stats and wa- watch those just tick over like a stopwatch. There's so many websites out there for each different area of the web that it, it's very, very difficult for you to just say, I put my website up and, that, and that's really the end of it. So, you know, part of what we're really looking to do when we're starting out is uh, initially we need to be working on building out our foundations. And, you know, a really core and key part of building out those foundations is, 
having having a website and then making sure that that website is as easily accessible by your search engines and particularly Google in that regard. So making sure that you've got your website uh, verified, that you've set up your Google Search Console, that you've gone through and uh, set up a, a Google My Business if you're a local business and wanting to attract customers. These are ways that are going to help you to, to initially get off, off onto the map and, and, and start to be located. And it's usually from there, once you've got uh, a little bit of that uh, a, a initial foundation work that you've done, that you're wanting to then starting to say, how am I going to go out and, and find new customers? And there's two ways typically in terms of getting some, some, some quick wins from a digital marketing respect that you can do. And people take one of two routes. We talked about this a little bit before, but we either go down the path of, of, of Google ads and targeting the intent of users, or we go down the path of targeting you know, who the person is themselves. And this is really what, what um, dwells into the, delves into the realm of your, your social media advertising and, and particularly you know, Facebook and, and Instagram have been the, the, the biggest in, in this respect. And so often that's really gonna come down to, are there people who actively search for your product or service, if that is the case? then often an investment into the, into the Google ad space is the way to go. However, if you're you know, a new category, you've got a very visual, visual desirable product at the same time, you know, something that you, you believe has more of an appeal when people are being exposed to it as opposed to them actively looking for it, then going down the path of, of, of your social media advertising is, is, is typically the way that you go about getting that initial exposure. I was just going to say, um, in terms of things like Google AdWords, how would a business know what the right keywords would be that they should be searching for that, that are going to be within their budget? That's that's a great question. And, and the key thing that a lot of businesses overlook is is the need for actually doing your, your keyword research. And, and really, the, the, the first place to look to start there is uh, it's, it's as simple as going to Google and you know, typing in a, a few searches around what you believe typically your uh, ideal audience is going to be looking for. And so, you know, if you're if you're selling, uh, you know, as an example of a service, maybe you're, you're a mechanic. And so you're saying uh, I, I'm a mechanic in Sydney. Uh, and I offer a, a certain type of, of service, say that, you know, you you, you, you specialize in, uh, I, I picked an area I don't particularly know a great deal about, but I, I specialize in oil filter changes. So as an example, I'd be looking for what people would be typically looking for related to my service. And then Google, through what you've seen Google does, it provides you with suggestions. And so Google will give us the suggestions of, you know, uh, oil filter changes in Sydney, um, you know, having a look at, you know, timing belt fixes for my car in Sydney. And it will give you an idea of what people are typically searching for purely through the suggestions that it, it is making. Now, what a lot of people will then look to do is back that up with, with actually some, some, some numbers that come in there as well. And there's a number of ways that this, this can be done. So uh, typically you will go to use a tool such as Google Ads, which provides, it's got its own you know, keyword planner and that gives you the ability to search up and, and have a look at any keyword and know how many searches it's getting a month. If you are doing this as a non-paid, uh, if you've never used Google Ads before and you're just looking for a little bit of free intel, it'll only give you a range of what those searches are. So it might say, this gets searched typically each month 20 to 50 times. 
But as a, a paid user of Google, you'll typically then get a, a more precise figure of how many times that is searched for a month. And then that really helps you to then prioritize what you're going to need in terms of, you know, content for your website. It also helps you to get a really start to work backwards and think, well, if I'm going to be doing any advertising on these specific keywords, what does the opportunity look like, you know, of all of those different searches? What do I believe is a realistic amount of those searches then I can get to then click through onto my website of those people on my website? Do I have a really clear idea of how many of them are then going to go through and convert? And, you know, one thing that's really, really important before doing any type of advertising is, is really making sure that you've got your, your tracking infrastructure set up across your website. And for the majority of people that's going through setting up uh, a free Google Analytics account and, and getting all of the different areas where you're considering a user to be making a meaningful conversion tracks. Mm, that's so important. Otherwise, you're not going to have any data to make any further decisions on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I also ask you, what about uh, near me and kind of local search? Is is that becoming increasingly important? Because there's since the pandemic, I think everyone's trying to support local as much as they can. Yeah. So one of the things that's really important with search is context. So context is something that relates to the location of when the search has been conducted. It can also relate to your previous search history. So if you specifically like certain sites, you're more inclined to see them in your search results. Uh, and it also relates to the device that the search has been conducted on. And so, you know, the, 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 the use of, of terms such as near me, you know, these are ones where you see really, you know, big use then of, of leveraging the local listings and, and getting your Google My Business prevalent in there. And if this is an area that you're wanting to get into, one of the really key things that you, you, you need to look at around your, your Google My Business listing is purely just making sure that you've, you've covered all of the different categories that, that you're allowed to cover from a Google My Business search. So I believe that you're able to cover three different categories of what it is that you provide as, uh, as a service or a, as a local business. So make sure that you're setting all three of those up because that allows you to then say, if someone's saying pizza near me, you can tell Google, I'm a restaurant, but I'm also specifically a pizzeria. So you've got the ability to actually specifically call that out. And then that gives you a much, you know, much more relevance to those specific searches being conducted. And now what about social media marketing? Does Facebook still deliver bang for its buck or should we be thinking about other platforms? It's, it's, it's a great question. You know, the, there's been uh, lots of reports around the, the dwindling appeal of uh, organic social reach when it comes to uh, a channel such as Facebook. And, you know, you know, a lot of reports have shown that, that, you know, of all of the people that you have following your, your pages, that you, you often only can, about 3% of them will actually then go through and be exposed to the content that you're producing. So, you know, Facebook is increasingly becoming that real pay-to-play environment. And I think, I think in the realm of being a paid advertiser, there still are a lot of good opportunities that exist on, on the likes of Facebook and Instagram. You know, there is a lot of talk around, you know, how, how changes in relation to um, new, new privacy restrictions, the, the implementation of uh, iOS 14 has 
you know, made it a, a little bit more difficult to then actually track the conversions that you're getting from an advertising channel such as Facebook. But, you know, there still are good opportunities that exist there. It's still the most mature platform that, that, that exists. And we might be able to talk through those um, a, a little bit later on. But, you know, what you're seeing a lot more businesses then do is gravitating to your more visual social media platforms for their organic reach. So, you know, obviously, you know, it goes without saying that I'm sure the majority of your listeners have some sort of presence across the likes of, of Instagram. You know, we're seeing uh, a big growth in your, your, your short-term video platforms. Uh, things such as TikTok are, are, have very much picked up and TikTok's gone from being that, you know, channel that you, you had basically being shared by adolescents dancing to moving into something that's becoming much more of a, a mature business platform. And there's some really cool case studies of businesses doing really well on, on, on platforms such as that as well. So, you know, if I, if I was to give any advice for somebody looking to choose what, what is that channel and, and where do they get the bank for their buckets, it's, it's typically to find the one again that you believe that your audience is going to be on and then, and then really give that all that all that you've got don't don't feel like what you need to do as a business owner is be across six channels and and really spread your resources thin about trying to maintain them and produce unique content really focus on one and do it well mm -hmm. and so we've got a little bit of budget for some facebook marketing for example then how do we make sure that we're targeting our ads the right way so that the right people are going to see the advertisement yeah, so if you're doing this for the very first time, you know, you, you really want to first and foremost, you'll, you'll be able to really target people based on their geography, their demographics and their interests and also their behaviours. And so, you know, the, the first thing that you're, you're wanting to, to do is when you're, when you're starting out on Facebook, the first thing it's going to ask you is to set out an objective. What is it that you're actually looking to achieve with the budget that you're spending? Where a lot of people I see fall, fall short here is they, they go for what is typically the easy option because it's got the big boost post button next to it, but that is to go through and boost their, their posts. Um, now, depending on what you're doing, that might be an okay way of you then being able to get exposure and engagement on a post that's performing well. But if you're actually trying to drive you know, visits to a website or actually drive inquiries, then Often you're going to want to use, you know, more things focused around, you know, conversions as your objective, using things like lead generation as your objective. And, and, and one that, you know, for a lot of businesses has proven to be a, a really good success is things like clicks to messenger. So actually sending people directly from a Facebook ad to then starting a, a messenger conversation. So you pick that objective, you choose the one that's going to work best for your business based on you know, what you've got on the other end of that click and, and what it is that you're looking to achieve. Then you go about actually setting up what, what your audience is going to look like. So, you know, one of the things that I think is really important for, for businesses to do, if they're a local business, make sure that then you're, you're putting in actually your, your physical location of where you, where you are and then looking to target a certain geographical location around your business. You know, typically if you're in a really kind of, you know, densely populated area, if you're doing something like I'm just looking for businesses, you know, within one, sorry, I'm looking for people within one kilometer of my business, you can get really great results there. And, and Facebook's going to give you an idea of how many people that then you can look to target. And then from there, you have the ability to target things like uh, the, the, the demographics, so things like gender, ages, level of education. Uh, and then you move more into things like interests. So you've got the ability to target people based on 
what Facebook has has determined they, they have shown an interest in. So that might be, you know, I've got an interest in, in graphic design. I've got an interest in, you know, a certain movie or TV series and you can, you know, or health and wellness. And you can, you can target people based on, on those certain interests. And then also uh, the other area that you've got access to is behaviors. And so behaviors gives you the ability to, to be looking uh, at things like, you know, the browsing behaviors. Are they, are they people who play games? You know, are they somebody who is using a certain type of mobile device and, and then be able to target those accordingly. And, you know, it, it really then a lot of the time is going to come down to, you know, you trying to get your precise targeting right for then what it is that your, your, your budget is. Um, you know, what I see a lot of businesses fall into a trap of doing is that they target too broadly. So they might say, uh, I'm looking for a million, you know, I've got a million people that my ad could be, could be shown to, but I'm only willing to spend $10 a day. And, you know, from there, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to really get any kind of clear indication of if you're targeting for the right type of people. Uh, and, you know, on the, on the flip side of that, the other thing that I see a lot of businesses do is they go so precise with a bigger budget and then they actually just find themselves exposed to the same people over and over again to a point where, you know, you might see that same ad 10, 10 times and you, you can imagine it's going to lose its effectiveness after that time as well. So finding that sweet spot between your, your reach and your budget is, is really key. So how would we measure that the campaign's been successful? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways that that can be done. Um, what It depends on what our objective is ultimately. So my first preference, and particularly for a service business, would always be to use what is known as, as lead generation as my objective of my ads. There's a couple of reasons behind that. Uh, one of the reasons is that a lead generation ad works in when you see the ad, whether that's on Facebook or on Instagram, you engage with the ad, it pops up a contact form. That contact form pre-fills the information of the user who's clicked on it with any information that it's got on their account. So that could be their name, their email address, their phone number. And then it allows you to add any additional fields that you want to collect as part of your own data capture. Now, once you've actually, they, they, they submit that, that data, that comes through as a lead. And then it, it just really bypasses then the need for somebody to click on your ad, go to a web page, fill out an inquiry form and, and complete that whole process. So actually having that, that, that connected directly within Facebook and cutting out that step can be really key and, and it also means that you uh, you don't have to worry about things like the responsiveness of your website you know you've got to remember that on Facebook as an example 85% of your visitors are going to come from mobile devices so if you have a lesser mobile experience in any way it's really going to affect your conversion while Facebook all of these types of forms are optimized towards conversion so you know if you're using something like a lead generation form, it's then it's then very easy because then you can start to work backwards and you can say, well, every lead is costing me ten dollars, you know, and on average one in ten of these these leads is going through and making a purchase. So, you know, therefore my my, my cost per my customer is is about that you know hundred dollar type of mark, and then you can work out well how much are they spending, how much are they going to spend throughout the the course of them being you know, a, a customer of ours to, to work out if that's something that's successful or not. It can become a little bit more difficult, though, uh, coming back to the other objectives, if you are using things around uh, engagement, 
or traffic where you're then really having to then rely on a lot of other tools. And often Google Analytics needs to patch up a lot of that data, then work out of those clicks, who did then go through and, and, and become a customer. And you know, one thing I will just note there is, is why whenever you're using any of these ad platforms, it's really important that you're, you're setting up uh, your, your, your link tagging and tracking in a way that then allows you to go from getting that click to then being able to work out what they're doing across your website as well. Hmm. And what about organic marketing? Should we be leaning into one specific kind of content over another? It's a good question. Um, I think that one of the, the biggest opportunities that I found through through my experiences and particularly what we've, we've done at LawPath is, you know, being able to, to really to tap into not just the, the more kind of what we would call shorter uh shorter tail style of searches where people might just search for things like, you know, lawyer or business and being able to try to then compete organically for these areas. It's just going to be too hard for you to do. They're ambiguous terms. There's a lot of people who want to compete on that specific um, search engine result page. So where I, I, I believe that there's a lot of success and one of the things that we've had great success doing at LawPath is being able to target the, the long tail searches that one that one conducts. So, you know, as an example of that, instead of somebody just looking for an ABN or uh, do I need an ABN, we have a series of articles that we've put together that, that target all of the different cases of where someone's going to need an ABN. So as an example, it might be something like, uh, do I need uh, an ABN to sell at the markets? And we'll create content that specifically answers that question that then becomes something that Google can index. It specifically answers the need of what somebody's looking for there. And then we can, you know, be able to, to, to be exposed to them based on the, on the relevance and specificity of the page that we've created. So, you know, we create one for the markets. Do, do I need an ABN to uh, sell, sell on Amazon? Do, do I need an ABN to invoice? And so it gives you, you know, a, a really clear idea. And, and this comes back to what we talked about before around keyword research. I can use my keyword research and having a look at something like, you know, um, Google's auto suggest, Google keyword planner, there's additional tools such as uh, keywordtool.io, which, you know, gives you a lot of this aggregate data of what you can look at. And then I can have a clear list of saying, well, this is what people are searching for. I'm then going to create content that matches all of those needs. And if I'm doing this right with relevance and adding value to what someone's looking for there, organically, I'm going to then bring additional visits to my business, which is ultimately going to lead to more inquiries and business as well. Hmm. I think I've only got time for one more question. So what I'm wondering is how has the pandemic changed marketing? Great question. It's it's an it's one that I I, I think a lot about, and I, I think in a lot of respects there's been quite a bit from a digital side of things that's that's bit, that's been good. It's one of the things that we found through the pandemic was that there was a real uptick in actual you know screen time behavior and people really you know jumping onto their mobile phones and devices and picking that up a lot more you know there's there's ranging kind of you know results in terms of studies there but um, often numbers that are pointed to are around a 76 percent increase 
during actual lockdowns where people were increasing their time on devices. So what that really meant was that, you know, a lot of businesses were, were needing to then get in front of these, these customers. And one of the really interesting things that when, when, when these lockdowns were on was that a lot of companies became, you know, uh, quite risk averse and actually, you know, a lot of their advertising stopped and they, and they cut a lot of their budgets. So what that meant was actually, it was a beautiful time where there were more impressions than ever before because screen time had increased but everyone had cut back on their budgets. So it was, it was basically a, a fantastic opportunity. Businesses were talking about, you know, significant improvements in, in their costs per conversions across these platforms. And that's something that, you know, has for a lot of respects, it has continued through, um, you know, there's, there's always going to be at, at, at different stages, different competition um, for eyeballs across the, these different channels. But, you know, one of the things that's, you know, come out of that is that a lot of businesses now realize that, that, that being online is just an absolute must. And, you know, um, as a business like Lawpath, where we're, you know, we're, we're an online business first and foremost, all of our services are delivered remotely. You know, we, we saw there was just an uptick in people looking for legal services, looking to do things like e-sign, looking to do things like, you know, uh, witness signatures online. And, through that 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 big spike there, this has been something that hasn't hasn't gone away. You know, legislation has allowed for for these types of things to to continue on beyond lockdowns and um, you know this this the whole pandemic status. So it's meant that more businesses are, are more consumers are, are are used to interacting with with businesses online. You know, in, engaging with these services online and therefore looking for these services online as well. And, and and one thing I just will quickly add add to that as well, Seth, which I'm very excited about because it took about a decade to, to happen was that the QR code is actually something that is mainstream now. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, it, it, it took a long time for that to happen. And it's something that I think as a marketer, I, I was always wanting to do. We were always putting them on things like posters and anywhere online. And Finally, people are scanning these things. So I think that's been one takeaway that I'd say, you know, this is, this is a good thing and a real silver lining that's come out of it. <laughs> Yay for the QR code. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Tom. It's been great having you on the show today. I think I'm going to have to have you back because I'm, I'm pretty sure you've got a lot more that you could share with our audience. Absolutely. But thank you for today. Thanks so much for having me, Sess. Thank you. <laughs>